0: Thank you for listening to the Alliance Church Podcast. We desire to connect you with God and one another, whether here in Wisconsin or around the world. Let's listen into this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm the lead pastor out here at Alliance Church Hortonville. And uh, I've got to say, I'm glad you're here. If you're newer and uh, if there's any part of you that's feeling awkward being here, I hope just by, by knowing that um, we're honored, as a church, we're honored that you'd be here right now. And I, I hope that knowing that we, we, we are grateful that, that you would spend a little time with us this morning, I hope that maybe just calms your nerves a little bit, that you genuinely feel welcome here, that you know you're, you're welcome here, and that this would be an encouraging place uh, for you to be in. Uh, my question this morning is, uh, if Jesus was with you, like physically, like his, like bodily, just right next to you in any situation, how would that change every situation? How would that change how you navigate it? How did it change um, what you feel on the inside, what you think, what your goals are, stuff like this? Like if you had Jesus just on the couch next to you, uh, you know, watching the Packer game last night, How what would that what would change? Would you have leaned over and been like, don't worry, they're gonna they're gonna fire Carlson after this year. He's he's done. I, I don't know. Maybe Jesus would have been like, no, chill out. He's gonna give him time. You know, he'll straighten those kicks out. I don't I don't know, but it would change that experience. Would he be like, dude? Would you, are you really gonna throw the remote? I don't know what Jesus would say, uh, but I gotta imagine that, that that experience would be different. Think about if Jesus were riding with you. He's in your passenger seat, uh, right? When someone cuts you off in traffic and he like leans over, he's like, oh, what are you going to say? Ooh, that word, huh? Cool. All right. I was, I was curious. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe like right when you're about to write the tip at a restaurant and Jesus just pops in, he's like, how much are we leaving? <laughs> I'm kind of stingy. That's weird. I'm not stingy with you, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool if you want to live like that. That's fine. I, I got to imagine it would, it would change things. How would it change, like when you're at work and you're just you're literally stressed? Maybe your boss is a jerk, or there's too much demanded of you, and you're, you're you're squeezed to the point where the worst is about to come out of you. How would it change if Jesus was right next to you? Would you view him as a police officer, like oh, if he weren't standing here, I would really say some things, or would you just ask him for help? Would you say? This is a really frustrating situation, and uh, I don't really know how to navigate it. Or when you're you're stressed and you're uh, maybe frustrated with your spouse, if you had Jesus just right there and you're able to ask him a question, how would it how would it change how you interact with your spouse in that moment? Or if uh, like at the dinner table, and you're 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 feeling hopeless as a parent, you're going, I don't know how to navigate this. How would it, would, would you just turn to Jesus and say? Um, I don't know how to do this. I I need you. I need your help. I got to imagine that if Jesus were with us physically, it would change things. Like if we could ask him a question and hear an audible response immediately, it would be a game changer. I I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, you might at times find it kind of discouraging to follow a Jesus you can't see, to live for a Jesus that you you can't see him. We cannot see him. We can't hear him. Uh, uh, If you're anything like me, you might wonder from time to time, like, hold on. I I, I get it. It says in here that he's with me. But is he he really with me? Like, is he actually with me? Uh, And sometimes I find myself honestly wishing that he would do something grand, something just big and undeniable. I'm like, Lord, just give me some concrete evidence that you're the real deal, and that you're really with me. I, I think that's because I, simply that. We, I, I want to know he's the real deal. I remember when I very first surrendered my life to Christ when I was 23. The prayer I prayed. This is, this is not the most polished prayer. But this is what came out of my mouth. I said, Jesus, if you're the real deal, you have got to change me. You have got to take control of my life. Because at that point, I wasn't really sure if he's the real deal. I didn't know but I wanted to, I want to know that still, because personally, if he's not, I'm going to get a different job, (laughs) something that pays a little bit more, maybe, (laughs) if he's, if Jesus isn't the real deal, I'm going to do something else with my life, I imagine we could all slept in, because we're wasting a lot of time here. If Jesus isn't the real deal, we should be searching elsewhere for the way, the truth, and the life. There's a different, if he's not the way, there's a different way that's the actual way. And I would, if he's not the real deal, I want to find that way and I want to give my life to it. And I got to assume that you feel the same way. At least to a certain degree, I got to assume that everyone in this room feels the same way. Whether you're someone who believes, but sometimes you doubt, or if you're someone who doesn't believe, but you say, you know what, if, if I had undeniable evidence, maybe that'd change my mind. Either way, I think we've all got a desire in us to know if Jesus is really who the Bible says he is because we wanna know the truth. In the passage that we're gonna look at today, Jesus teaches, get this, that even though we can't see him physically, he will reveal himself. Process that. He says he will manifest himself to certain people. So I want to, I want to read this passage. And as I do, I, I, I ask you to try to follow Jesus' logic here, his line of reasoning, and, and how he says how he will show himself himself. To certain people. Follow that, and then I'm going to pray, and let's pray together, and let's just simply pray, Jesus, if you're the real deal, uh, help us to know you. Help us to see you. Help us to hear from you, and then you know, we'll look at this passage a little bit more closely. So here it is, picking up where we left off last week, John chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him The grass withers and the flower fades, but the words that Jesus spoke endure forever. So would you pray with me now about this? Lord Jesus, if you are the real deal, we want to know you. No one in this room wants to be duped. We want to know the truth. And we don't want head knowledge only. We want to know you. We want to actually experience you. We don't don't want a God who is some mist, some vapor, some idea. We We want a person who can interact with us and respond to us and help us know who we are, who we're meant to be. Help us know who God really is. So I pray that you'd help us right now. You promised that the helper would come and he would teach he would help bring to remembrance all that you spoke, Jesus. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would work now in the lives of your people to the glory of the Son of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's going on in this passage? If you remember all the way back to last week, I it was a long time ago. Been on a Packer roller coaster there was an up and there was a down right? Uh, that was a long time ago but all the way back to last week um, you'll remember that this conversation took place on the night before Jesus would go to the cross this conversation is in a, in a room with Jesus' closest followers and he's preparing them for his death and his return to the father and he's explaining to his followers that even though he will be returning to his father in heaven he's not going to leave them as orphans He's not going to abandon them. And he basically says, you guys, you need to know that there's two types of people in this world. There's people who love me and then there's the rest of the world who doesn't love me. And you need to know that if you're the, two, that if you're the type of person uh, who, who, who loves Jesus, you need to know two things are going to be true of you. One, you're going to want to live for him. Two, he's going to send you or give you a helper Who will strengthen your faith, who will help you live live out that special relationship with the Father that is available to you in Christ through the Spirit. And now where we pick off today, uh, Jesus is just deepening that conversation, this conversation about how this business of living with a Jesus that we can't see, how is that supposed to work? And this is what Jesus is talking about here. And the first thing I want you to see here is that Jesus promises to manifest himself to anyone who loves him. I want you to process this promise. Jesus promises to show himself or reveal himself to anyone who loves him. This is an audacious claim. Why do I say that this is what Jesus promises? Well, let's look at verse 21. Right at the beginning of it, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Whoever, that's a universal truth. This is applicable not just to those he was gathered in the room with, but to many people uh, throughout the rest of time. And he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. To have means to possess them, to grasp them with, grasp them with your mind and, 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 to, and to make them your own. And then to keep means to guard, to obey them, to live them out, to put them into practice. Like if you remember verse 15, he had said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And here he just inverts that and says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that's someone who loves me. So this shows that those two things go hand in hand. There's no such thing as a person who loves Jesus but has no interest in living his way of living. There's no such thing as someone who loves Jesus but just rejects his way of life. That doesn't exist. If someone says, I love Jesus, but I don't give two rips about anything he said about my life or how I should go about it, that person doesn't actually know Jesus. They don't actually love him. On the other hand, he says if someone treasures his word, guards it loves it and and his, and treasuring his way of life desires to live it. Jesus says that that's evidence of someone who loves me. And what happens if you love Jesus? What does he say happens here? What's going on? If you love him, look at the rest of the verse. It says, "And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him." So you see there's this sort of closed loop system of the love of God wherein the father's love flows through Christ into the lives of human beings and then can be requited back to him uh, in the form of love and, and devotion and so on. It's kind of like the water system wherein water comes down from the sky, nourishes the earth, and then uh, returns to the sky. And that's a a perpetual cycle that is always going on. And Jesus says, if that's happening with the love of God, something very very interesting is going to take place. He says, and I will manifest myself to him, meaning to that person. Every time it says him, right here, it refers to the person. And it could be man, woman, or child. But he said, Jesus literally says if someone is in this flow of the love of God, wherein they're receiving love from God according to his word and knowing him and living for him according to his word and returning that love to him, what's going to happen? Jesus says, I'm going to reveal myself to that person. So according to Jesus, you can't say, if he were to manifest himself to me, then I would love him. Jesus says, that's not the way it works. How it works, I promise that I will manifest myself to people who love me, he says. So if you want to see Jesus, you got to get in the flow of God's love according to his word. The second thing I want you to see is that Jesus manifests himself in the context of the circle of God's love. All right, So people who, who live in the flow of God's love, according to his word, will see Jesus increasingly more clearly. And they will see him in a way that the, that the world who refuses to love him will never be able to see him. Now, if at this point you're going... What? what kind of nonsense is this? How's that even work? <laughs> You're not alone in asking that question. The, the disciples in that room were wondering the same thing. And you know, there's always that one guy who, one person who asks the question that everyone else is wondering. Well, Judas is that person as a different Judas. Verse 22 Judas. Not Iscariot, not the not Judas from the town of Cariot, a different Judas. The, the other Judas said to him, Lord, what on earth are you talking about? How is this supposed to work? listen to what he says? He says, How is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? That doesn't make any sense. Like there's no there's no way I could say, hey, listen here, in 30 seconds, half the people in this room are going to be able to see me, and the other half of the people in this room aren't going to be able to see me. That, that, that's incoherent. If you're visible, anyone with eyeballs should be able to see you. How does this make sense? How, how are you going to manifest yourself? How is it that you will show yourself? to some people, but not to other people? How are you going to show yourself to people who love you, but, people, but not show yourself to people who don't love you? They should be able to see you too. And listen to how Jesus answers this question. This is a great question. Listen to how Jesus answers this question. Jesus answered him, verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, so this, right, so far we have the flow, the circle of God's love. If anyone, if anyone loves me, I love him, and that's what's going on there. Our love doesn't initiate his love; it's the other way around. He loved, we love because he loved us first. But if that flow is happening according to His word, um, what's going to happen? He says, "We will come to Him and make our home with Him." You hear Jesus' logic here. Interestingly, just a handful of verses prior, he had said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my, in my father's house, there are many rooms, many living places, many abodes. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going there to get it ready. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I wouldn't go get it ready for you. If I wasn't going to come back and get you and bring it there so that where I am there, you may be as well. You're going to be with me in heaven. But here he says, whoever loves me and keeps my word and is loved by the father and the the flow of God's love is happening according to my word. What is going to happen is that the triune God is going to make his residence in your life. How on earth is that possible? Well, the Father and the Son send the Spirit of God to dwell within us, and the indwelling Spirit is the manifestation of Jesus to us. So according to Jesus, that's how he will manifest himself. And he goes on to say, and on the other hand, uh, that's what happens with people who love me and keep my word, but... Here's what's true of people who don't love me and don't keep my word. Here's how I will manifest myself not to the world. He says, verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So Jesus is saying, people who reject me reject the Father. If you reject Christ, you reject the Father. If you reject the message of Christ, you reject the message of the Father. If you spurn the love of Christ, you spurn the love of the Father. If you, if you spurn or reject the lordship of Christ, you spurn or reject the lordship of Of the Father. The commands of Christ are the commands of the Father, and you will not experience the flow of the Father's love into your life if you reject the Son. You will not experience the life of Jesus being manifest in you by your Spirit, by His Spirit, I mean, if you reject all that. And that doesn't mean He doesn't love you. It just means that that love, he, he has love for everyone, but it's sort of dammed up instead of flowing into you and through you freely as, as God has designed. He's got, uh, he's, got, he's got a reservoir of love that we could not measure for everyone, but it's not flowing into and through everyone because If you don't receive it and return it back to him, it will not not flow. Uh, Likewise, it doesn't mean that he's not with you if he doesn't manifest himself to you. He's everywhere. He's there. It's a matter of our eyes being opened. Not a matter of his appearance. He's there, but if you reject him, he will not manifest himself to you. But, on the other hand, if you love Jesus... And you, and you cherish his word, um, which is what he said, his, his, his teaching, his message, his commands, all of that. But it's also who he is, his character, his personality, and so on. It's not just what he said, but it's also how he lived If you you love Jesus and you cherish his word, the the more you know him according to his word and, and as God's love is flowing through you, the more he will become increasingly real to you. He will manifest himself to you. This might seem awful subjective, but this is how Christ explained it. And the final piece I want you to see there is that the Holy Spirit has a very important role in all of this. The third thing I want you to see is that the Spirit teaches by helping us remember what Jesus had spoken. Right? Jesus had been explaining all of this to him. He'd been explaining this stuff. If you love me and the Father loves you and I love you and this flow of... Of, of love is, is happening and you're, 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 you're cherishing my word and you're keeping my word and you're living for me. As that's happening, I'm going to be manifesting myself to you and I'm going to show myself to you. And then he says, verse 25, these things, all that stuff, I have spoken to you while I am still with you. You notice right there he shifts from speaking universal truths to a very uniquely specific audience. He was talking about whoever loves me will be loved and I'll manifest myself to them and so on and so forth. But now he goes, now I'm talking to you, those of you who are in this room with me. And he, he says, I've been speaking to you. I've been teaching you. I've been giving you my word. I've been, I've been, you've been walking with me. I've been the living word among you. Jesus' life was the best Bible they would ever read. I, I'm not just, he, Jesus, it's like he's saying, I, I haven't just been speaking the message, but embodying the message among you. I've been with you physically, and I've just got done explaining that if you keep my word, I'll manifest it. Myself to you. If you love me and keep my word, I'll manifest, I'll show you, I'll show myself to you. But how are you going to keep my word? How are you going to remember my word? I've been saying this stuff to you while I was with you, but verse 26 But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So, so in this moment, Jesus is preparing them for this uh, soon approaching day when they would no longer have him in physical form, in bodily form. They would no longer have him with them in that way. They would no longer be able to sit at the earthly feet of the rabbi and learn from him as they were doing even in this moment. And here he is explaining to them, if they love him and keep his word, he'll manifest to himself to them. And the question they should be asking right now is, how on earth are we going to remember everything you taught us? We've been hanging out for three years and you teach nonstop. I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast. How are we going to remember if we got to know your word and keep your word and love you according to your word? How how are we going to know that? And he says, the Holy Spirit, he is going to teach you. And how would he teach them? Listen to what Jesus says here. He would help them remember everything Jesus had taught them. So the Holy Spirit would not introduce any new curriculum. There's no qualitatively fresh content from the Holy Spirit. He's taking the word of Christ and helping them to recall it accurately, helping them to introduce it into uh, the moment in time that they're living in. Uh, He would simply work with the material that Jesus uh, already, already taught them. And here's the deal. The Holy Spirit kept, or Jesus kept his promise. The helper came. The Holy Spirit came. And he brought to memory the teaching of Jesus. And they wrote it down. Like John wrote it down. And it's been preserved for us. The gospel of John is like, like his Mona Lisa I got to imagine, it was, it was written fairly late. I, got to, I think he spent decades after those three years with Jesus on earth processing with the other men and women who were in that room saying, hey, you remember when Jesus said this? He said, if you, if, if, if you keep his commandments, he'll love you. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Remember, he said, if, if you love him, you'll keep your, his commandments. Oh, that's right. Uh, and, and John's writing it down. He's recording the gospel that Jesus taught. He's recording who Jesus was and what Jesus spoke, and it's preserved for us to this day. And we don't have the physical body of Jesus anymore. Not with us. Not the human body. We can't, we can't turn to him during the Packers game and and, and and say, Why did we get rid of Crosby? He would have made that. We can I mean we can't sit at his feet his earthly feet as the disciples did th- then but we can sit at his feet via his word because though we don't have his physical body we have his word and that means that every sentence in this book that I that I that I know and interact with and understand it gives the Holy Spirit more material to work with in my life in helping me to know who Jesus is, helping me to love Jesus according to his word, helping me to live according to his word. Um, It's like I have this treasure chest of resources to make available to God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't gonna make up a whole bunch of new stuff that's different from what Jesus taught. Anytime someone says, God said, you should be wondering, what verse did God say that? If someone says to you something like, God said to me that uh, you're gonna get pregnant next spring, or God said to me this and that, I just wouldn't put a lot of stock into it because the, the, the Holy Spirit didn't come to, to teach brand new different stuff. He, his teaching ministry continues the teaching ministry of Christ and he teaches by helping us to recall what Christ had spoken. Basically every single high control group Every single cult, which these are my favorite documentaries. You tell me about a cult documentary, and I'm like, I will watch that all tonight. I don't need to sleep. They're fascinating. Every single one of them will have some sort of prophet that hears new stuff from God. And then they show up, and they say, well, this is what God says. God told me. And no matter how wacky it is, people got to go with them because they're like, Well, if if he said it, that means God said it to him. And so we got to trust him. That's not how Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to work. He says he's going to take the word of Christ and bring it to your recollection. Like on a Wednesday afternoon, when you're pinched between two frustrating situations, the Holy Spirit then is able to take something you've treasured up in your heart and help you navigate that situation uh, in the way Christ would want you to navigate it with the help of his spirit. Now, here's an example from my own life. Um, Melanie and I, uh, you know, about four, a little little over four years ago now, we're living in France. We're coming to the conclusion that it's probably, it was probably time for us to come back to the U.S. and we're wrestling through that. And... um, I tell you, the Holy Spirit didn't show up in a dream and say, Brandon, I want you to move here. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's voice was. It'd be weird if he had like a high Greg Olson voice or something like, hey, bud, I want you to, you know. But Brandon, he didn't, he didn't say move here. That's, that's not how, um, but as we, as, as we process through where our move was gonna be, I, I wanted to stay overseas, I mean, we had worked hard to learn the language. Our family had done a really good job of, of uh, uh, you know, learning how to adapt to cultures and so on, it, and, and, I, and I really wanted to stay overseas. And um, uh, every time we talked about it, though, it felt like I was pushing against something I shouldn't be pushing on. Um, and I started to realize that my real reasons, my real motives for wanting to stay overseas were very selfish, very self-centered, very an identity thing. And, um, and the Lord started to convict me of that and how he did it. If, if the, imagine a wave just kind of crashing over rocks over and over and over again, gently wearing those rocks down. Um, uh, in, every, uh, in every moment where I was honest with, my, with myself before God, what would come back to me was, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for you. It was like God saying, Brandon, would you just love your wife more than you love yourself? Can you just make this decision based on my word, not on your your selfishness? And so the, I believe the Holy Spirit was taking the word of God that I had treasured in my heart and impressing it upon my conscience and working in that way. And, and where did we end up moving? Hortonville, Wisconsin of all places. <laughs> uh, we were offered Tunisia, Senegal, uh, Israel, all these places all over, even a church in Orlando, which it's 11 degrees out. <laughs> I just wouldn't have picked Wisconsin. And the Holy Spirit didn't show up in a dream and say, move to Wisconsin, chief. Go, Pat, go. You better figure this thing out. No, it's not how he works. He took the word of Christ and, 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 and brought it to the memory of my heart at the right time um what this means for us today is that if you really want to know jesus you need his word and you need his spirit if you really want to know jesus you can't know jesus apart from his word you will you will invent a different jesus without his word a jesus you like more and you're more okay with we, we need the real jesus we can't know jesus apart from his word We've got to know his word. And we can't love Jesus apart from keeping his word. I'm not talking about being perfect. If we sin, we have an advocate. Praise God. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And so I'm not saying living perfectly. But if we want to love Jesus, our desire of desires will be to keep his word. We've got to, we've got to resolve to live, the, uh, live his way of life. And finally, we cannot do this without the Spirit's help. We just can't do this on our own. But the good news is, Jesus says, whoever loves me, whoever cherishes my word, that's someone, if they're living in the flow of God's love like that, that's someone who will be taught by the Spirit. And if that's you, Jesus says, I will manifest myself to you. And so my challenge this week, church, is would you take time this week? you got to make this personal. No one else can know Jesus for you. Would you take time this week and take a section of Scripture? I would recommend maybe John chapter 6 or John chapter 10. Take a section of Scripture and before you read it, simply pray, Holy Spirit, As I read this, would you help me to know Jesus? Would you help me to get to know Jesus here? And then take time. Don't just read it through quick and and move on with your life. Read it a few times. Ask some questions. Study a little bit. See what you can learn about who Jesus is or what he has said from that text. And then afterwards, before you close this book and grab your coffee and head out the door... Uh, pause and pray okay now Holy Spirit would you, would you help me live this out would you help keep this fresh in my memory throughout the day especially when I need it the most we all do that we desire to love Jesus and be loved by him and grow in that love and cherish his word he will make himself increasingly real to you that's his promise I'm gonna pray just briefly and then I ask you to receive this blessing. Lord Jesus, I assume that everyone in this room, not everyone, maybe a good majority though, of people in this room are people that genuinely wanna love you and they wanna know you more and they wanna love you more. And they, and they don't want a lifeless, loveless religion. They, they want to actually experience you. They want to know the love of the Father flowing through them. They, they, want to, they want to know your word more. And I tell you, Lord, it's very clear that we cannot do that by our own effort. Oh, we need your help. And so as we go about our weeks, Lord, and uh, we take time to get to know you through your word and we look to you Holy Spirit for help Uh, and then we live out that go and set about to live out that word and we ask you again for help I pray that we would be helped I ask that you would help us Lord Jesus that you would cause your spirit to uh, bring to our remembrance all that you taught and that in living that word out, Lord, we would know you and that you would manifest yourself to us. I pray this in your name for the sake of a world who needs you. Lord, be glorified in us. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. May God richly bless you, church. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sunday.